from the Game Nashville Studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. It's showtime, folks! A unique look at the world of professional wrestling. And this is Through the Ropes brother, brother, brother. with Chase McCabe. and Rick On Nashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. And the Game Nashville app. That's right, Through the Ropes, ESPN 102.5, the game, you know it, you love it, it's the best thing going today, as the Nature Boy once said. Chase McCabe here with you. Find us online on iTunes, rate, subscribe, and review, and on thegamenashville.com. Pleased to have my man Adam Vingan from The Athletic back with us again. You can check out his work at The Athletic, covers the Nashville Predators and the National Hockey League, and Adam so much to get into in wrestling this week, and unfortunately, we have to start off with the news that I think shocked everyone to kick off Monday Night Raw. Roman Reigns coming down to the ring in street clothes, and anytime you see a wrestler come down to the ring in street clothes, you're thinking, uh-oh, they're hurt, something's going on, but we weren't expecting him to reveal that he has leukemia uh, for the second time in his life, that he has had this before, but he relinquishes the Universal Championship uh, and now goes to fight leukemia. Yes, I believe he said that he had uh, battled it for he battled it at a at a young age as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, and then it was in remission for eleven years. I think he said, and it had recently returned, and because of that, he had to take time away and, as you mentioned, relinquish the Universal Championship. And you know, it's always hard to see those speeches. We've seen them in many different forms, typically retirement speeches, whether it's Daniel Bryan or Edge or any other wrestler that you can think of. Um, but Page. Page, right? Yep. Um, but certainly one thing that came to mind for me as I was watching it back was you sort of have to recontextualize everything you think of Roman Reigns from a wrestling standpoint, from a storyline standpoint maybe, um, because I think a large issue with the, uh, per, you know, with the predominantly older section of the, WWE fan base is that they felt that Roman Reigns was just pushed to the moon before right. he should have been um, shoved down their throats, so to speak, um, headlining consecutive WrestleManias, defeating the Undertaker at WrestleMania, uh, doing all of these things that maybe they didn't think he deserved. But now you look at the actual life path that he had to take to get to that point, And maybe you think of it differently because yeah. in today's WWE, you can't really just look at it through a storyline uh, storyline spectrum. Right. You have to look at it from both ends because the real life and and the storyline now blend seamlessly. I mean, to a lesser extent, think about Kevin Owens a couple of weeks ago. He was storyline put out of commission by Bobby Lashley, but he really had to have multiple knee surgeries, so they kind of blended the, blended the two to make it into storyline. Um, Which so, they, you see that a lot. You I mean, do see a that a lot in, 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 this, uh, in the reality era, quote-unquote. Um, so, you know, it was, a, it was a, a really touching moment, a, a very difficult one. They chanted uh, in Providence, thank you, Roman, which you never thought you would hear, considering mm-hmm. that most of the time it's Roman sucks or boo or something along the lines of that. Um, but then that set up something even more emotionally jarring, perhaps, from a storyline perspective later in the night right. when Dean Ambrose turned on Seth Rollins. And if you want to talk about storyline 
and real life blending. I mean, you kind of knew that Dean Ambrose was eventually going to turn to the dark side at some point. They had been teasing it for weeks. But you can look at it through just how two people, how two human beings react to tra- to tragedy or to trauma. Right. You know, maybe this is how Dean Ambrose reacts to trauma. He had no other choice but to beat down Seth Rollins. Maybe that's how he works through it. Maybe after being stabbed in the back by Seth Rollins, maybe this is the only, maybe that was the only recourse he had. I mean, I really hope that WWE fleshes it out and makes these two seem like two real human beings going through something really difficult for them instead of making it a little bit cartoonish, which through most of Dean Ambrose's singles run, he's been a very cartoonish figure. When he came back from his injury, it was much more in the frame that I think a lot of people wanted to see him in. I would really like to see that continue as the storyline develops. A lot to unpack there. Uh, I'll start with with Roman and the speech and and how they handled it. You know, I think the WWE can handle these things pretty well. And the fact that they, you know, we we kind of the fourth wall. You hear about the fourth wall all the time. I mean, they dropped all that. I mean, kayfabe, however you want to put it. And you know, Renee, you heard Renee Young refer to Dean Ambrose as her husband, uh, which you don't hear a lot on programming. Is so. Being on the road with Roman Reigns, Seth and Dean came out and hugged Roman, and they did one last shield fist. Uh, WWE.com put up a great video of Roman walking backstage and being greeted by Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Braun Strowman and and different people of wishing him well. Um, And then throughout the night, you had various tributes. You had Braun Strowman even say, you know, when I beat Brock Lesnar – and when Roman Reigns is done kicking cancer's ass, he's going to be first in line for for a title run. Which you know these two have had a fierce rivalry over over their careers, or at least Braun's career. And yet that type of acknowledgement, and then of course Paul Heyman comes out and, and delivers one heck of a Paul Heyman esque uh, promo. But I thought about it with the turn at the end of the night, and initially I was like holy crap, they're actually doing this. They're doing this tonight. Like, uh, really? Why tonight? Which is exactly the reaction they were hoping for. Right, but the more that I thought about it, and you know you know Brandon Walker with the Nashville Predators, of course, we had to, to break it all down the next day. You were in Milwaukee, but we were breaking it all down, and we looked at each other going, it was the perfect time to do it. Absolutely, it was the perfect time to do it. You saw the reactions. They kept on going back into the crowd for these shots. It was almost voyeuristic to watch all mm-hmm. of these people just like react with horror on their face. Um, that, I mean, you already, you already are on an emotional, you know, seesaw for lack of a better term. And to have this happen because you think, right. They, they vanquished uh, the uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. They win the tag team championships. They, they go off the raw goes off the air with them celebrating, you know, and honoring their fallen brother, so to speak, and then that happens. I mean, that's that's gut. It was gut wrenching to watch, and 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 he I pulls think, the mat right, up. I think for me, because you know, I can speak speaking for myself. You know, I don't get that worked up about wrestling anymore, just right. because I'm older now. But so when something happens that gets you worked up, that's when you know it was good. Like I was absolutely you know jaw on the floor when i saw that happening and i had to like go back and watch it on the youtube channel a couple of times to really fully grasp what happened but as it was happening live i couldn't really conceptualize what was going on and that's the that's the feeling of emotion that wrestling 
can trigger. And that's what people want to see out of the yeah. product. And it was good to get that. I think they did a great thing. The, the forward momentum, though, is the most important thing. Well, and the thing that WWE, I don't think, always does does well is you have when you have that that blurred line of what's real and what's storyline. Uh, prime example, I went to NWA 70 the other night, and there was a spot in the match between Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis that they were in the crowd. Uh, actually broke Chris Martel's chair, which was pretty funny. But they were they were in the crowd fighting, and Cody went for a super kick, kicked a fan in the face. Yeah, I heard you talking about that. And to me, at the time, I'm standing right there next to this guy as it happens. How I'm old like, is this person? The fan? Yes. Uh, probably mid thirties. Okay. And I was and I was like, he just he just hit a fan, and the the way he sold it, I've gone back and I've watched it, and I'm like, okay, it was a plant. Like I, I think it was a work. But it was so good that you have somebody that's a lifelong wrestling fan questioning, did that really happen? Was that real? That's how good it was. And so I go back to Monday night on Raw, and we know it's a storyline, but the way they sold that, the whole conflict with Dean Ambrose of he's like, why did I do that? And he's he's hitting the mat, and then he goes after Seth again, and you can tell he's got this internal conflict going on. And then one thing that he did that I thought was brilliant because they entered the matches, the shield one last time they came through the crowd. Dean left through the crowd. And I thought that that was just, that was so poetic and how they did that rather than walking up the ramp. He exited the same way in which he entered the ring. And, and that just another psychological thing is he leaves his now former friend laying there um, with the tag titles Essentially, that's another thing we haven't talked about is what they what are they going to do with the tag team championships? Because you can't have that will they coexist thing with a guy who just beat the crap out of his friend. You you know you either have to abdicate the titles or or I would not be surprised if Seth Rollins defends both sets of championships yep. by himself. So that's something worth watching. Um, that or, gets lost in this. or you do a series of matches where Seth defends by himself, Dean defends by himself, they still hold the titles, and then you eventually set up a one-on-one -on -one match, and the winner gets gets the titles with a yeah, partner they're choosing that or something like too. that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but it was a very well-done turn. They don't happen very often in the WWE anymore. We're talking about turns because of the situation with Roman, they had to turn Braun Strowman back to the person he was before the yeah. summer, you know, sort of the the ass-kicking giant that did all of these great things that people loved that, you know, organically got the crowd behind him. I did not like the Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, nah. Drew McIntyre dynamic. They really just felt like they needed to pigeonhole somebody into a heel role to fight Roman Reigns, which is why they think they brought back the shield in the first place to sort yeah. of boost his likability. Um, but now you have um, Braun Strowman back in that, role again facing Brock Lesnar. You also got an Elias yeah, face turn, I was about to which bring I that. thought was really great. And it, it's sort of like when The Rock, you know, when The Rock would go between heel and face or Stone Cold would go between heel, heel and face. I don't think Elias, who I'm not comparing to those two, but I don't think Elias is really going to change much of his character. I think he's going to be the same exact person. But if you tweak that 1% of him that, that was, was heel-like and make it more fan-friendly... I, I mean, I think that's what you saw. I mean, he did the same shtick with Baron Corbin they did with everybody else, and people loved it. People, you know, th talking about natural crowd reaction, 
couple of weeks ago when they were in Seattle and he just made a quip about the Sonics. Yeah. And there were, it was just the, the nuclear heat that he got was just ridiculous. The guy gets it. So I think it's going to be a really good mid-card face turn for Elias because he is very well liked by the by the crowd even when he wasn't uh, a good guy. Well, and I feel like Seth and Dean are going to go into a program with the Intercontinental title being involved in it, but I think Elias is a guy that by WrestleMania needs to have the Intercontinental title around his waist because he's he's there. He's ready for it. He's not ready for the big time. He's not ready to go after the Universal title. Um, and, and that's another thing we got to talk about is what do they do with the Universal title because clearly they didn't have a lot of time to figure this out. It makes sense to go into Crown Jewel and have have Brock Lesnar and, and Braun Strowman fight for the title. To me, you're probably going to have Brock take it, and then you got to figure out what to do maybe at Survivor Series. I don't know if Braun's ready to be the champion. I think he is just because it's he's he's been in the main event scene for a long time, for, for more than a year. I really do think it would be good to have him. I don't see much benefit in having Brock Lesnar be champion again. His run was... Was completely forgettable for yeah. the most part. I don't see any reason for him to be um, the champion again. The question is, who becomes the top heel? I mean, is it well, is, is it Dean Ambrose? I, I think it's Drew McIntyre or Drew McIntyre, which is which is perfect. Actually, it's glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that because they've shown that dynamic. I think you now push Drew McIntyre as the number one contender for the Universal Title against Braun Strowman, which would be a great program. Drew McIntyre has looked fabulous since he came back to the main roster. Um, his NXT run was pretty good too, but I thought, I think where he is um, has been great in the, in the, on the raw roster. So I think that's a great idea. So you have Braun win at crown jewel and then you have him face Drew McIntyre for a little while. Do do you let Braun have a run or is he just going to hold the title and for Drew? Cause I, I think Drew's I think ready. You let him have a run. I'm not sure Drew is 100% ready. Okay. I think you so, have, I think you have, him have a little run. So if he wins that crown jewel, which is early November, you can probably have him hold it through WrestleMania. If you want to have him be the challenger at WrestleMania, he can drop it in an elimination chamber match in February, which right. is when it typically is or March or whenever. So um, I, I think a good four to six month run for Braun is in the, is in the offing. If, uh, if he wins the title against Brock Lesnar, he's Adam Vengen from the athletic chase McCabe here on through the ropes. Uh, rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes and also uh, airing weekly on ESPN 102.5 The Game and on thegamenashville.com. So we have mentioned the name Crown Jewel a couple of times. Obviously, this event has been just with so much controversy surrounding it, uh, with everything going on in Saudi Arabia. And WWE, as of, as of this recording right now, uh, WWE announced that they are going as planned to... Which they uh, buried in like a quarterly financial yes. report. They didn't come out with a press release saying that they were do going. It was buried in like all of this financial jargon right. that they put out for investors. Well, and look, we all know, I talked about this last week, um, it, there's a lot of money connected to this event. They signed a 10-year deal with the government of Saudi Arabia uh, for millions and millions and millions, and... You know, this is they would leave a lot of money on the table if they didn't go. Now, it's going to be a, a there's going to be some PR backlash for this because you have John Cena saying he's not going to go. Daniel Bryan has has been outspoken about it, and now you have Hulk Hogan saying that he's going with WWE, who ha, and he has not been on WWE television in years. Um, they put him back in the Hall of Fame, but you know he's had his own controversy, and now 
he's saying that he's going to be a part of Crown Jewel with WWE. Is that a do you think that's a, a, a PR move by WWE of, oh, okay, this is the perfect time. Let's bring the Hulkster back and, you know, people, maybe they'll forgive us. Well, I think in today's world, and this is a wrestling podcast, so we won't get into too much into current events, but in today's world, something is going to happen in a couple of days that's going to make people forget about this probably, but it's just not a great look for an organization that's a publicly traded company that makes millions upon millions of dollars to go to a country where such you know, such a horrific act yeah. has occurred. And you're a journalist. Yes, exactly. So, it, well, it did, not occur, it did not occur in Saudi Arabia, but right. it allegedly occurred on behalf of Saudi Arabia. Right. So, you know, you don't, I just don't think it was a great move, but the problem is, is that I'm sure the logistics for WWE were terrible to f- try to figure it out, you know, where we would... We, you know, in their minds, where would we do it? You know, on such short notice. Not that they would, not that there wouldn't be venues jumping at the opportunity to host such a big event, but it's just not a great look. It really is not, especially in this day and age. Um, it's just not a great look. But like I said, something's going to come along in a couple of days that's going to make people forget about it, and it's, the show is going to go on. I mean, it was even talked about. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of last week tonight with John Oliver, and he recently did a whole segment on Saudi Arabia and talked about the greatest Royal rumble and how it was just glorified propaganda for the country of Saudi Arabia, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, as it were. So it's not really a great look when you take a step back, but it is what it is. And they decided to go on with it. Well, and they will probably, you know, they'll take some hits, they'll take some heat, but they'll come out of it. I mean, this, the card, if you look at the card, it's stacked, but here in the States in Nashville, it'll air at uh, 11 AM central time on a Friday, on November 2nd. So that that's when, you know, we'll get to see it here in the States. But uh, I, I just, I think this is a major PR hit. Now, what I'm curious about is when they're going to have the, when I don't say if I say when they're going to have the announcement that, Hey, some of the money that we, we get from this is going to go towards leukemia research or Susan G Coleman, or, you know, one of the, the charities that they are, are connected with. Um, because I think there's going to be a save face moment at, at some point in time for the WWE. But I'm with you. I think it's a bad look, and I don't think they should go. But I'm not surprised that, that they're going through with this. Yeah, I'm not really surprised either uh, because Vince McMahon is a businessman first yeah. and foremost. So uh, they made a big deal with the with a, a lucrative deal with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for some reason. I mean, I thought the idea of them going there in the first place was weird even before all the political right. stuff happened. but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll still watch the show. Yeah, of course you will. Probably won't enjoy all of the propaganda that they'll probably play in between matches. I mean, and and what they've done is because they got so much backlash last time, you know, we have a product of that this weekend with Evolution, the all-women's pay-per-view, because the women could not go when they were there for the greatest Royal Rumble, and, and this time they can't go either. So that's a part of it. And then you have this match with The Undertaker and Kane facing... Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement after eight years of being out of the ring. I mean, that's the they're drawing you in with that. And I'm like I'm not really it, sure how much I want to see that though. Because it's not going to be a good match. Well, you know, Shawn Michaels, I haven't really been thirsting for a Shawn Michaels, you know, return from retirement. No, um, I I mean, eight years ago, sure. Like if he had said if if he had gotten retired and then a year later he comes back, okay. I appreciate the fact that he stayed out of the ring for so long. So because a lot of these guys say that they're going to retire, like Ric Flair, he had his retirement match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania twenty four, 
and then was like working for TNA for right. several years. So he didn't really retire. And I, I remember I remember Triple H making the joke um, when he he had a program with Randy Orton and then Legacy. And he's laying in the ring and he goes, "I just got to make one phone call." And no, you know Orton's the one that started all this. Batista's off making movies. Flair signing autographs in a gym somewhere. You know he makes the joke that Flair can't stay out of it. Uh, it, it's, I'm going to watch, it'll be cool to see DX, but at the same time, I'm like, if you were going to bring him out of retirement, why not just do a one-on-one match with the undertaker and be done with it? Because now you're going to waste the return on a tag match only to set up Shawn Michaels versus undertaker one more time at WrestleMania. Also, why does Kane have chest hair now? Have you noticed that? Well, he's the mayor. So. Well, he is the mayor, so you need to have a you need to have some hair on your chest. By the way, Triple H is shot at him of what would you get? What'd you do? Get a GoPro and go down to the the basement of the Knox County uh, yeah. City Hall. That was pretty funny. Yeah, but I'm just I've never I haven't. To be perfectly honest with you, I haven't been a big fan of the Undertaker in like 15 years. It just oh. uh, he just doesn't do it for me, and like I think. He his career should have ended when he lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I agree. That was it. He looked terrible in that match. And not I from like agree. a not from a from a wrestling standpoint. Like he legitimately looked terrible. He went to the hospital. Right. And every match he's had since then, he has not looked good. He looks old. He looked like Triple H is old, right? But he look he's in great shape. He yep. doesn't really seem all that old. Like No, you and know? he can still go. Right. So the the Undertaker he, he just got to you got like the whole thing with Cena, you know, at, at WrestleMania last year, whatever. I just, you know, same thing with Kane. Like, you know, after the Team Hell No, the original run of Team Hell No, which was great, you know, that should have really been it. Like, you know, go be the mayor of Knox County. Don't, right. You know, you don't need to be in the ring anymore. So, you know, I actually did not watch the match. Um at uh, Super Showdown because I, I did not catch the show live and I heard how terrible it was, the match. Yeah. So I did not watch it. And, and I'm not sure I'm going to watch this one either. I'm, I get really bad secondhand embarrassment. So I'm not sure if this is something that I can actually watch without my hands over my eyes. And maybe I'm being dramatic, but I'm just not, I'm just not enthused by it. I really just think that whomever in Saudi Arabia the, who, who is facilitating this program must have stopped watching wrestling 20 years ago. Right. Like, get like, with the time. I want to see Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Kane. Right. And then I had a hard time seeing those guys 20 years ago. Now, now I it's, you know, they're two decades older. Why do I want to watch them now? So that's, you know, obviously a match. And then we mentioned that that Braun Strowman and, and Brock Lesnar will battle for the title. And I don't, I don't see that being a great match either. But um, just because, you know, I, I just think Brock is kind of like, going through the motions these days. I think Braun actually has some athleticism and we see, see him, you know, do some big spots, but uh, a crown jewel going um, as planned. We'll see the status of John Cena, Daniel Bryan, some of the other superstars that are hesitant about going and we'll see if Hulk Hogan has an involvement, what that is. Um, Yeah. You're, if you lose Daniel Bryan and John Cena and you gain Hulk Hogan, you're coming out on the wrong end of that. Yeah, because I mean Brian's supposed to challenge for the WWE title. Yeah, and that's another like that's a great program in on paper, but you know it hasn't been great so far. No, um, well because they're the both, build at least. Well, that's the hard part of when you have 
two guys going into it that are both faces and both fan right. favorites, and then you have to try and make something that doesn't necessarily I work. I don't think AJ Styles has had a good program since he was facing John Cena. When they yeah. had that great, was it the, the Royal face, Rumble? Yeah, the that, face that runs yeah, the place. They had a great. I mean, I remember they, you know, they were feuding when they came to Nashville. SmackDown Live came to Nashville a couple of years ago, and they had a great promo exchange. That was a great program, and the matches were fab- fabulous. Now I'm thinking back to the other, pro- like the whole Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, uh, Shane McMahon right. program or whatever it was was not great. Shinsuke Nakamura was not great. What am I? Jinder Mahal was not great. What, am I, what else am I missing? What was the most Samo- recent one? Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was okay. Yeah. Like it was AJ, very TNA though. AJ Styles can get away with it because he's AJ Styles, but he really like his WWE champion. His current run has been pretty blah, other than the length of time he's held. He's held the title for almost a year. Right. But it's been a very forgettable year. So hopefully Daniel Bryan can get a good match out of him, and they can move on to a better program. Through the ropes here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Chase McCabe, Adam Vingan from The Athletic with you. And I, you mentioned something that I want to get your thoughts on with that the program with AJ Styles and his championship run hasn't been great. I read an article uh, last week, I believe it was in Forbes, that Fox, having signed this billion-dollar deal with WWE to, to get SmackDown Live, put it on the Fox network on Friday nights. They're trying to build a, a sports block that will basically go Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday with college football and Sunday with the NFL, and they would prefer WWE to make SmackDown more sports-oriented, i.e. more wrestling and less of the you know funny joke-type storylines that we, we typically see. Well, I think SmackDown typically is like that more than Raw because it's one fewer hour, and, yeah. and they do have and they do put more wrestling on them, even though lately they've had a lot of really short matches on. I mean, I really do think that SmackDown and Raw, too, um, but I really do think the the show that best personifies what the WWE should be is NXT. And some right. of that is, one, because it's an hour long. But, you know, you get you may only get a couple of matches, but they're, there's usually one really long one. I mean, think about the caliber of matches that's been on NXT television over the past month. You had... Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and Adam Cole for the North American title in a triple threat. You had the Undisputed Era versus the War Raiders in a tag team title match. You had, um, what else? I mean, you had some surprising, you know, surprisingly good matches. Like, I think you had Tommaso Ciampa versus Otis Dozovich like a couple of weeks ago, which was actually a surprisingly good match. Go heavy on the wrestling. You can have the promo segments because it's important to get the stories from point A to point B. Right. But, I mean, I'm there to watch the wrestling. I mean, there are people who will enjoy wrestling for the storylines and the soap opera, but for, for, for me, I like the wrestling. So, you know, it, it's some websites do this. They track how much actual wrestling time is on pay-per-views, for example. So if it's a three-hour show and you have, which probably equals out to what, maybe two hours and 15 minutes without commercials. Right. Um, and an hour and 15 minutes of that is wrestling, and that's an hour of promo time. That's way too much promo time. I agree. So I you need, to, you need to, to shorten it a little bit. This is where WWE has a great opportunity because, as you know, the indie scene is, is on the rise. You have the NWA event that was just here in Nashville, which was fantastic, and it was, it was pure wrestling. It was old-school wrestling, um, and, and it was awesome. 
it's on the rise because pe- that's what people are looking for. You have all those fans of the indie promotions and New Japan and uh, Ring of Honor and, and things like that that they like NXT because it's it has that indie-type feel. WWE has an opportunity to corner the market with what they ha- currently do with Raw, and you have more storyline-driven promos and the, the funny stuff. You can do that on Raw and then turn SmackDown into the pure wrestling fans type show where you have these guys like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan that they have now, but these technical type wrestlers that you're going to get some of these longer matches because I I haven't heard if this is confirmed or not, but I think SmackDown might be going to three hours when they move to, to Fox. I think I may have heard that, but I'm not sure. Um, they haven't really said. So if you have that, I mean, you can have these longer type matches. And so then you get everybody. You get the sports entertainment fan that can watch Raw, and then you get the wrestling fan that can watch SmackDown. Yeah, I think that's a it's a good idea. I mean, I will watch Raw regularly on Monday nights, but right. I usually zone out after a couple of hours just because it's. I mean, it's hard to sit down for three hours and watch something. Like think to WrestleMania, right? So WrestleMania, you have a two-hour pre-show, and it's a six-hour card. So you sit for you sit for a work day. You sit for a work day. Um, and watch wrestling. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is hard to watch that much wrestling. Yeah. And, and I just, I think it takes away from the product because you're trying to, you know, you want to catch everything. You don't want to miss any of the surprises, but like I watched the opening segment of raw on Monday night and obviously an emotional moment. You're trying to figure out what, it, what they're going to do and everything going on. So I stuck with it and, and I know they saw boost in ratings because people stuck with it. I tuned out after about an hour and a half, went and did something else, came back, watched the end. So, you know, I I think a lot of people do that. You can see how they're building the show, how they build the matches on a three-hour show, build the promos that they try and do things at the top of every hour that are going to get you to come back. So, you know, I saw the DX promo and, and things like that, but... I just I think they have an opportunity that's not going to be a bad thing, and and that is you can get both the, both of the audiences, the sports entertainment fan, and the wrestling fan. So we will see how that shakes out. Uh, so Adam Vingan here from the Athletic on through the ropes, and and quickly re- remind people how they can get your work as you cover the Nashville Predators in the National Hockey League. Yeah, sure. Just log on to theathletic.com, um, specifically um, theathletic.com. Uh, I believe it's just slash Nashville. I should probably know that. Um, <laughs> but just subscribe through uh, Predators coverage, um, and you can get access to all of my stories. Um, we run specials regularly. Typically, it's two fifty a month. Uh, yeah, two fifty a month, which works out to thirty dollars a year, which really isn't all that much. Um, I know that not everyone can, you know, spring for that. But we run specials regularly to bring the price down as much as we can. But you know, it's worth. Every penny, obviously, I'm biased because you get great journalism, not just, um, you know, NHL, but throughout the sports world, professionally and collegiately. So um, you can subscribe at theathletic.com. And follow him on Twitter at Adam Vingan as well. So I mentioned this earlier in the show here on Through the Ropes that the Evolution pay-per-view is this weekend on the WWE Network. It's the all-women's pay-per-view, something that um, they – announced a few months ago that they were going to do and a lot of interesting matches on this card. You're going to have the finals for the May young classic between, um, Shirai and Tony, Tony storm. Hope I'm saying her name, right? 
Shirai, but um, you'll have that. You have Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia taking on the Riot Squad in a in kind of a grudge match. You have a women's battle royal, which is where they're going to have some surprises, I'm sure, because the the winner gets a title shot. You're gonna have uh, some returns, you know, different people. And what's funny is I mentioned NWA 70 Jazz is the NWA 70 um, or the NWA Women's Champion. She cut a promo after the match and said, you know. I'm looking for, for my opportunity and, you know, saying, you know, all the men are getting their shot at, at the, um, the national title and, and things like that. I'm looking for my opportunity to, to show how powerful women are. And it was almost like she was dropping a hint that maybe there's something worked out where she would appear at evolution. Uh, I'm not sure if they would recognize her as something. So, but maybe maybe recognize her as the NWA women's champion. I'm not sure, but you know, she hasn't been in WWE since the early 2000s, but is an alum. So you uh, you have that as a possibility with that battle royal. The NXT Women's Championship will be on the line as well between uh, Kerry Sane and and uh, Shayna Baszler. Baszler. Yes. Um, so you have you have that going on, and then of course Trish Stratus and Lita going down memory lane, tagging to take on Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship between Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Which has been a great program. Yes, that's been I a have great been program. So into that yeah, program, Becky's been fa- Becky's been fantastic. They can't turn her heel. They keep trying, and people are like, "No, no," because she's you know she she kind of takes on that. You know, there's another you know there's another wrestler who I think com- in currently in WWE that kind of compares is to uh, what Becky Lynch is doing. Uh, I think to an extent, um, Adam Cole. You know, he yeah. is a heel technically, but people love him. People love to cheer for him. Um, and Becky's kind of doing the same thing. Like he, she is like the smart fans favorite, which is a lot of the people who, who are the most vocal these days. So, um, you know, I love it. I think she's doing great. I mean, even though that she's being positioned as the, as the antagonist in this, I'm finding myself rooting for her. So that's how that that's credit to how, you know, she, how she's been performing. Well, and honestly, I mean, if you're going to have Charlotte flair, be kind of an image of her father she should be the heel i mean flair rick flair was always the bad guy was always the heel but people still cheered for him it's kind of like becky lynch is now but he was always the dirtiest player in the game he's always to be the man you got to beat the man and and while i don't think charlotte is she doesn't have the charisma that her father had she's still pretty good at it when she's the bad you know when she's the heel so um i i don't know if they'll try a double turn or what they'll do there for the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, at Evolution, and then also the Raw Women's Championship between Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella. This has been an odd thing that I think they just kind of threw together, <laughs> just to just to find Ronda an opponent. But well, that that is true. And one thing that I like about at least the Bella Twins being positioned as heels in this situation was when they were being shoved down people's throats as the as the four mothers, for lack of a better term, uh, of the women's evolution. That could not be further from the truth. I, I like the promo that Ronda cut a couple of weeks ago where sort of it was because of wrestlers like Nikki and Brie that the women's evolution needed to happen because right. the diva, quote-unquote diva era wa- was an embarrassment to women's wrestling. Right. Um, so when the Bellas were claiming that as faces, it was kind of sickening to a lot of people. Um, but now you can just take that as heel bravado. Like this is, we did this, this yeah. whole thing is happening because of us, which I like. 
So I I feel like that they did the right thing by making that change. Plus, you know, I like Nikki Bell in the ring. I think she's a, a pretty good wrestler. She's gotten a lot better, unlike her sister, who's got demonstrably worse. <laughs> um, so that's that. I, I think it'll be. I mean, you know what you're gonna get, but I think it'll be good. Well, and I will say one of the coolest things that's come out of this is you had the promo that Ronda Rousey cut a few weeks ago where she she tore him a new she butt. <laughs> oh yeah about John Cena and and that whole thing. As it turns out, Ronda wrote that. That that was Ronda's oh, yeah? own doing. Well, that go. WWE gave her the cachet to write that promo, and I thought it was well done. And the fact that Nikki went along with it and was cool with it, and um, you know, just you you brought that personal life into storyline, which I guess they call a work shoot. Right. But I thought it was very well done. Ronda is starting to show that she has personality, and I know she's worked with Heyman a little bit behind the scenes to try and get better on the mic. And and we're starting to see that come out. So um, I think it'll be a – because in the ring, she's been pretty good. She has gotten better with every match. So I think it'll be a good match going against Nikki Bella. I think Ronda wins. They're going to give her a long title reign. Right. Um, I, th- I still think they're setting up Charlotte versus Ronda at WrestleMania. Yeah, I can see that. But uh, I- I'm interested to see that match. I mean, the pay-per-view overall – because of this women's revolution and how things have, have been going, and I mentioned Charlotte and Becky, I'm going to tune in. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for some of the matches on this card. Um, you know, I, I like the NXT championship program between Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. Um, you know, I I like Trish Stratus and, uh, Trish Stratus and Lita, um, and I like the I like the the dynamic between the two of them and. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, especially with the great rivalry that Mickey James had with Trish Stratus 10, 12 years ago. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I do think it'll be a good show. Um, I think I'm looking forward to it a little bit more than crown jewel, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it should be, it should be a good show. I'm looking forward to it. Well, and I, and I'm curious to see who shows up cause you know, you have, Michelle McCool could be a possibility. You have Milena could be a possibility. Um, there are different, you know, divas, I guess, for lack of a better word, from the past that um, that could show up and be a part of things. I was reading, uh, I think it was CBS did a top five that they'd want to see come back, and Sable was on there. Gail Kim was on there, which I don't see happening. But, um, you know, some names from the past that we could possibly see show up at the Evolution pay-per-view. But... Uh, I think it'll be a fun card, and like you said, Trish and Lita getting back in into the ring uh, is always a good time because they both still have it. So uh, as we wrap things up here on Through the Ropes, um, I haven't uh, didn't have you in, just uh, some quick thoughts on, I know you've loved Evolution back in the day, the group Evolution, yes. not the pay-per-view. What did you think of their uh, reuniting on SmackDown Well, 1000? it was weird because Evolution never appeared on SmackDown. Thank you. So Thank that, you. So that was a very weird thing to do. It really just seemed like an opportunity to get Batista on television um, and Ric Flair, but mostly Batista won because he made a name for himself on SmackDown. You know, when he won the World Heavyweight Championship from Triple H at WrestleMania 21 and then moved over to SmackDown, you know, he ran that show for a long time. Right. Um, that's number one. Two, it felt like a almost like a Hall of Fame speech for Batista. And, you know, he is from Washington, D.C., where the show originated from. So it was an opportunity to be in front of the hometown crowd. You know, Triple H, Randy Orton, Ric Flair really didn't say much. Um, but 
I, I liked Orton's promo. I th- yeah, because I think he had to sort of keep the character that he's been yeah. cultivating on SmackDown currently. Um, but when it came down to it, I thought, you know, it, it went well. I thought Batista was funny. I liked the tease of the tension at the end, both mm-hmm. him and Triple H. And uh, because that's a match I'd like to see, too, if they really want to keep Triple well, H an active competitor. I think that's WrestleMania. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that. But it did not make any sense to me that a faction that never appeared on SmackDown was on SmackDown's 1,000th episode. Yeah, that was what kind of threw me off, too. But And, and one thing that I, I laughed at, it was funny, but just how much they make fun of Flair now. And just the, you know, Batista, which they actually cut out on WWE.com, but Batista kind of hinting at some things and some stories. And then, you know, when when the tension built up, you have Flair trying to, you know, tap the tap the arms and, like, do the whole Ric Flair yeah. type thing to try and break the tension. It's just like, come on. You're making him look silly now um, at this point. But it was cool. The SmackDown 1000 show to me, though um, – kind of a disappointment i i thought they yeah. there wasn't a lot of build to it like they did with raw no i think they could have made a bigger deal i feel out like of they it. had a be- bigger show i remember they did like a 10th anniversary show several years ago and that felt like a bigger deal yeah this uh you, you know undertaker closing the show vince coming out and dancing was hilarious i thought that was funny yeah you know you know i feel like uh you know our truth should be given some props you know he just <laughs> He finds a way, you know, he's, you know, he's true. Speaking of old, truth is old. You know, I think he's in his forties, maybe appearing you know, nearing his fifties. You know, he's in great shape. He's a good hand. And, um, you know, it's good to see him become relevant again. You know, I, I love the whole awesome truth thing he did several years ago with the Miz when they were a tag team, when they faced John Cena at the rocket survivor series, the little Jimmy stuff was yeah. funny too. When he was a heel, it was less funny when he was a face. Um, I remember I was actually at the one time only, thank God, Capital Punishment pay-per-view several years ago where the main event was John Cena versus R-Truth for the WWE Championship um, that he actually headlined a pay-per-view. Not a great pay-per-view, but he headlined it anyway. Um, It was also a pay-per-view that included such matches like uh, Ezekiel Jackson versus Wade Barrett for the Intercontinental Championship. Ezekiel Jackson. Um, So... Uh, you know, I, he's been, he's at least he's made, he's continued to make a mark despite the fact that he really hasn't much, had much to work with. So he is Adam Vingan of the athletic and, uh, you can find his work at the athletic slash at the athletic.com slash Nashville. And also on Twitter at Adam Vingan subscribe. He does a uh, great work for covering the Preds and the NHL, but also a big wrestling fan. So yes. good to have you in again. Thanks Chase. I uh, appreciate it as always. You can check out previous episodes of Through the Ropes. Just go to thegamenashville.com and also on iTunes. Rate, subscribe, and review. Enjoy Evolution. We'll have another episode setting up Crown Jewel or talking about Crown Jewel. I guess it will have happened by the time the next one comes out. It's Through the Ropes here on ESPN. 1025 The Game.